0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Be the best, and you gotta pay no price. If you want it bad enough, you gotta do a little extra things to get it.
1: Welcome to the 11 Personnel Podcast, your favorite Rams podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Rodriguez, and with me, as always, through thick or thin chaos and very little normalcy, my fabulous co-host, Rich Hammond. Rich, how are we doing?
2: Oh, Jordan, your restful off-season begins. (laughs) Well, it's over. It always shocks me how fast things go, even though the weeks tend to drag on and the months tend to drag on. Here we are. 18 weeks later and the Rams season is over somewhat mercifully at five and 12 ends with a overtime loss to the Seattle Seahawks, which there are some bad officiating in that game. I mean, there was some bad play, but there was a lot of bad officiating too. In the end, it's over. Jordan, you memorialized that game with a column that, and this Not is really the first the game, <laughs> the day. Yeah. the day let's say that week and this um, is this is yeah. the first time that i'm ever going to do this and probably isn't encouraged if you're if you're doing a podcast but if anyone has not read that column yet i am telling you right now to pause this podcast unless you're driving in a car then don't if you're home or at work read that column first um because jordan i'm here to embarrass you publicly and and say that uh It's one of the best written pieces that I've read in a long time, independent of the Rams or the NFL or anything at The Athletic. Um, Capturing a moment, capturing a day and capturing an important story, that being the future of Sean McVay. And I want to tee you up here, Jordan, to talk about that a little bit, just in the context of, I think, it's important to understand, and, and I think a lot of Rams fans understand this, maybe even most Rams fans understand this, but when we talk about Sean McVay's future, whether or not he's going to come back next year, whether he's going to take a break or go to broadcasting, I think it would be a mistake to think about it in the context of a coach making a football decision. Um, if, if you're looking at this and thinking Sean McVay is going to decide whether or not to come back because the Rams went 5-12, and 12, or because Matthew Stafford may have some health issues or because they don't have a lot of draft picks high in the draft, I think you're making a mistake. And I say that as charitably as I can. Uh, I think what we're talking about here is something a lot bigger than that, something a lot more human than that. And Jordan, you wrote about it so eloquently in your column, but I'm hoping you can maybe just kind of set the table for us to kind of explain what these decisions are like for Sean McVay and what the context of, of that choice that he's going to have to make is.
1: Yeah. Um, it's a big question because it's a big topic. I agree with you. I think it is absolutely almost insultingly reductive to quantify it or qualify it as a football decision. And I think that, you know, we always like to say on this podcast, many things are true at the same time. And I freaking love when you guys, mimic it back to me or recite it back to me on on Twitter or, you know, in my emails or in the comment section, like it really warms my heart because we're all sort of in that understanding, like humans are complicated and within someone's humanity, many things are true at the same time within the entire organized mess of humanity that is a football building. Many things are true at the same time. And also I, I think for beat writers too, because this is a story that it it goes from, okay, this is something he's going to do every season is evaluate his future. We know a break is coming. We don't know when. How much do we escalate the conversation right now versus keep it a part of one of the ongoing truths of Sean McVay's tenure, which is every year he will assess and evaluate whether that this is the time to take a break or not. So it becomes complicated to cover a story that is constantly malleable is constantly fluid um we're recording this on tuesday january 10th it is currently 2 40 p.m i would have i'm so sorry it it wasn't up earlier it's just been so crazy um been on the phones with um players and coaches and and league people and team people and um oh by the way have a story about turf coming out tomorrow like you know all of these things (laughs) that are happening at one time just got back from seattle got straight off the plane and went to exit interviews and there's news about that that's happening and then there's you know coordinators leaving and all these things and and so um if you guys are listening to this we're going to focus this podcast on sean mcveigh and all of the all of the nuance of what is happening right now as of this time of recording he has not made a decision about his future um That is universally true from every single of the dozens of people I have now spoken to about this, um, has not made a decision. A decision is coming. The Rams are not going to put a deadline on him. Again, that is a truth, um, a universally agreed upon truth. And at the same time, Sean McVay has to make sure that he's giving his assistant coaches the space to explore potential other options for his, for their futures, not just, again, multiple things, not just because it's the empathetic and human thing to do when they have families wondering if they need to pack their lives in boxes or not. Um, it's also because he's probably going to fire a lot of his staff if he does decide to stay. He is not happy with the job a lot of people on his staff did this year or his decisions to put them in the place that they were put in. Um so those two things are true at the same time. This is a really complicated situation at its heart is a person who is going through a reckoning of sorts with who he has been, who he has been as a as it correlates to his environment, who he has been as it correlates to his own humanity and who he wants to be moving forward in a year of um, not just personal loss, but also professional adversity. And also the reckoning of why can't I handle this better? And I think that's a big part of the conversation too. Um, And it's one that I think a lot of us go through as people of "Why why am I sad right now? Like me, just me speaking personally about my own struggles with anxiety and depression. Right. Like, why am I, why can't I pull myself out of this place that I'm in? Why is nothing I do working? And I think that you know, as people, we all can empathize and I think relate to that conversation, especially we're not in a world where you're measured by production. You're measured by literally coming up with solutions to problems. Why can't I find the solution to the problems I'm having? You know, I'm not going to assign any sort of, um, you know, analysis or uh, diagnosis mentally uh, of, of Sean McVeigh's state or what he's figuring out about himself. But what I do know is this. I see this person every single day. Um, even on days, on good days, on bad days, on in-between days, I see this person working through problems. I see this person failing. I see this person trying to figure out how to get themselves back up. I see this person interacting with others. I see this person through the eyes of a hundred other people who I also see every day and how they interact with each other and how they interact with him. It is a constant incoming stream of data, of data of the humanity of what this situation is. And what I do know for sure is, no, Rich, this is not a football decision. It's not related to losing football games and having an injury streak. It's about losing control. Um, and yeah. I mean that metaf- metaphorically and And literally, Um, it's about losing control of self. It's about losing control of understanding of uh, someone's, you know, self, their self place in the world um, of who they want to be, of who they are, of wanting desperately to solve that and figure that out. And the reality of what happens when you accomplish everything you ever thought you was your dream and you still have no idea what the answers to any of those Mm. problems are.
2: It's... (sighs) I, I want to word this carefully because I, I don't want it to to paint a contrast that that I don't mean to to paint. But it's it's the most human um, that that Sean McVay has ever felt, and and you know NFL coaches create, and and anybody in the NFL creates for themselves kind of this persona, and you just think of them as being you know characters on the sideline or uh, you know people you see on TV or whatever. Uh, the humanity of it is something that that has really struck me and and in a way just as a fellow human being I I think what Sean is doing is extraordinarily healthy um and something that that everybody should do at some point in your life we're, we're the vast majority of us are not NFL coaches um we we're all over the place in terms of our lives and what we do and uh how we how we judge ourselves and things like that but what struck me, Jordan, is just the opportunity to sit back. It's been now six years uh, since Sean McVeigh was hired. And you look at those six years, you take a step back and you say, my goodness, what?" I don't know whether anybody, I don't know whether you can say that anybody has gone through a six year period like that. When you talk about taking over a team that was as bad as you can get putting a rocket ship on your back taking them you know to the super bowl uh, within 2 years within two seasons you go through a, a global pandemic uh, in in which you have to manage a, a group of people a huge group of people who look to you as as their leader uh, manage them through that not only personally but professionally get back to the top of that mountain again get to get to the super bowl win it get as high as you can get in in your profession and then kind of to have that kind of crumble down over the last year here and have, like you said, have to, to deal with the reckoning of that it's extraordinary. I don't even though we, we've kind of watched this, you know, you, me and, and all the listeners fans out there, we watched it happen every day and we've, we've lived it along with him. When you take a step back, it's extraordinary to what's what's gone through. And I, I'm not saying that to say extraordinary like Sean McVay is the greatest thing ever. I'm just saying it's been an extraordinary period. And and I think it's it's healthy and it's wise for anybody to take that step back and say, OK, let me let me pull myself away from this let me just not go immediately on to the next thing how do we get ready for next year how do we get ready for Otas let me take that time to step back and say let me process that and we didn't even go into all some of the things that you mentioned in your column Jordan uh you know dealing this year with the death of his grandfather who was such a, a extraordinary figure in his life uh getting married thinking about you know potentially starting a family with his wife Veronica having uh, his wife's family go through uh, so much uh, with what's going on in the Ukraine uh, over, the, over the last few months here. Uh, you, you take take a step back and 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 think about how somebody processes all of that and how they kind of can push all of that away sometimes in the name of doing your job, in the name of trying to push forward and, and be all things to all people. Eventually, that catches up with you. I don't care who you are or what you do. Eventually, that's going to catch up with you. And I think what Sean is doing now is Healthy for him and ultimately wherever this lands is going to be healthy for the organization too. To, wh- either way, whether he decides that that he can come back and continue to do this and work through some of these issues that we're talking about with his staff, with uh, you know some of the control, maybe some of the control issues that that have been in place, or if he decides to step away and they go in a new direction, I think ultimately it'll be healthy for the organization as well, Jordan. But, uh, uh, but what I, do you? But what, I think. Yeah, go ahead. But mm-hmm. I
1: think like one of the things that he's also battling with right now is that anything he is doing is inherently selfish and i don't say that as um selfish in the negative and insulting way that we normally think of the word but selfish meaning identified with self um yeah. priority of self and i think that when you're looking at how this affects all the people in the building i think now you take a step back and i and i do think and hope that the organization is thinking about these things too right now what happens when you have literally allowed every single facet and element of the organization and not just allowed, but encouraged yeah. every single facet and element of the organization to revolve and function around this one person who is hurtling toward the sun at a million miles an hour. Right. And he can't stop himself. And you you know that if you stop him, it means less success for your organization. Mm-hmm. So you don't stop him either. And if you try, maybe he doesn't listen. I asked mm-hmm. him directly. I said, I don't want to sound overly dramatic. I mean, yesterday, Monday, his press conference felt more like a therapy session. Right. And, you know, rain's pouring down outside. And um, Bill Plaschke wrote a really nice column about it actually yes. today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it really was. He was so um, so human and honest. And, and you could really see how much he is hurting right now i mean every it's written on every piece of his face right. and i think that you look at some of these issues i asked him directly you know over that he said this has been years that this has been going on um it's not just a sudden awareness it's been years and it has been building for years i think where he is you know it feels really gnarly nasty right now probably but i think where he is working commendably is that he's actually diving inward and looking at all of this stuff instead of compartmentalizing and pushing forward like i think has been part of the problem in the past and um always looking at that perfectionism as the ideal human form instead of um looking at some of the ways that that can be inherently really toxic and how people can be victims of their own success particularly when it leaves holes in the foundation because they're simply moving too fast to spackle them yeah and i think that this is I asked him directly, do you feel you have put enough people around you over the last several years who can protect you from yourself, protect you from your own worst qualities? And he stopped for a beat and he said, I think I have a great support system, but I have to let them help me. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, that's really accurate because over the years, and I would say probably less so this year. But over the years, he has had people in the building who have functionally been at conflict with him. It doesn't mean that there's fallouts. It doesn't mean it's a negative thing, but who have functionally been at conflict with him. Matt LaFleur is someone who comes to mind. Um, And obviously that was all toward the positive. But, um, and instead of um, saying, yes, this is the right way to do it because you're saying it's the right way. And instead of allowing Sean to fully, smother over everything as the thermostat of the entire building, there have been people at times who have spoken up, um, who he's listened to. And I don't think he, um, this year, I think as he goes through this, you can tell he's seeking out people who he genuinely values the opinion of. But I think there's a a moment where you're so caught up in all of the problems and all of the issues and all of the, um, the things that the Rams went through as a team this year. And you forget to seek those people out and they're not approaching you because of the way that the building is structured. Um, you know, they're not approaching you because of the way that everything, like I said, every single thing about this organization has been set up specifically to, um, allow Sean McVay to function at his best. And I think from an organizational standpoint at times that has veered not into his best, as a holistic word, but his best as a most productive, most successful, and I think that's where the organization right now is is getting a little bit of a, a gut check, frankly, because yeah, you hear that they want to make sure that, well, I have her, I hear directly that they yeah. want to make sure that um, he has every single thing he could possibly think of or want to help him be, you know, to help him be at his best, but that's not necessarily inclusive of power now. That's not necessarily inclusive of autonomy now. Now it's more inclusive of functional rest and, um, you know, better practices in balance and mental health and those types of things that I think when you are, um, you know, and I wrote it like this in my column, it's like, if you're stuck in the, in the wheel you built, success can look very, very different. Um, yeah. you know, it, it, can trap you instead of, um, being productive, especially if there are things that are falling through the cracks.
2: Yeah. And, it, and it's so hard to diagnose that on the fly, too. I mean, we think of the NFL as having a long offseason, but it really doesn't. I mean, these guys are going to be back at it in just a couple of months at the combine and doing draft meetings and everything else. It's not like you get a sustained period where you can sit back and say, OK, let me evaluate things. Let me let me tell take me a- about a- it. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan got like 45 minutes and then it was on to the next thing. Um, but yeah, and, and that's why I say, Jordan, I, I think, however, this turns out that there, there's the organizational impact can be positive either way either that because you're right I and I don't think that was sustainable uh, it, it obviously carried them to incredible heights it carried them to a super bowl but I don't know whether that's something that's sustainable either on a personal level or on an organization wide level my question to you jordan and I don't expect you to have the answer it's much more of a rhetorical question than a question but do you think that's possible to kind of turn that ship around or at least at least change its direction kind of on the fly? Meaning, do you think Sean McVeigh can stay in place as head coach that, that he can that he and whoever it may be in the front office, you know, from Kevin Demoff on down with less and football operations and then his own staff? Can that can that get worked out? as they work together here? Or does there need to be kind of that separation to say, you know what, it's time to back away for a year or two, uh, take that time, not try to rush it, not try to figure everything out in the next two months or whatever it may be. Do you get a sense of that? Or do you have an opinion on that in terms of is that possible to do all these things, all these healthy things that we're talking about? Can you do that? during one off season or do you need that time to step away
0: looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right
1: you know, my opinion is I don't think rest is always the right option if it's not functional rest. I don't think rest should be inclusive to sleep. I mean, some people that would be great. Um, I don't think rest is like as defined as, um, a long vacation on the beach or rest as defined as a you know uh, several nights out with your buddies or um you know you know bopping around the house or um going lot like the reason why the broadcasting thing isn't an element to this is because it's not the problem and and it would also be yet another distraction for him to throw himself into and i don't like i don't think that's an, an idea of functional rest i think functional rest is like truly putting and arming yourself with the tools around you like not just your friends who agree with you, not just, you know, your, um, the people who you like and respect in the industry, not just, um, you know, your family, but actually going and seeking, um, that sort of mental clarity in ways that are functional, um, that type of rest, I would encourage not just for Sean, but for anybody, um, But I think that you have to want to do that and you have to be willing to do that if you really are going to rest in the way that you need to rest. I can't speak for him whether he will do that or not. There are some people who think that um, having a good friend group and a healthy family is what they need. Um, I can't speak for whether that's correct or not but i also can can say there are also a lot of people who think that taking those things a step further and really digging into the psyche and really digging into the mental part of this um is something that is ultimately it's painful but ultimately healing like those those are just uh perspectives right
2: yeah i yeah.
1: think that there's no way that he is not coaching again whether or not he takes a step away in 2023 there was this sense that everything was pointing toward him le- taking a break after the 2023 season. That's kind of how a lot of these contracts are structured in terms of what's guaranteed and what's not. And Um, he, he, he is contractually, um, obligated to the Rams through the 2026 season. So there would still be a runway for him to come back. That's the sense of a, this is when the window maybe closes in contention. And so then that's when maybe they're starting to do a a little bit of a rebuild, those types of things. Um, so there's kind of more of a thought that maybe this happens a year from now, instead of right now. Um, but you know, I could see it going either direction. And like I said, I believe that he's not He hasn't decided either way yet, but I think like in the short term, if you're the Rams, you're evaluating multiple options. You're seeing, okay, If he stays, like I said, catalytic change will happen um, on this coaching staff, some on the roster as well, but certainly on the coaching staff. And I think also needs to happen from an organizational standpoint as well in terms of delegation and empowerment of of other people and also delegation and people stepping in um, people who aren't, you know, who have the right instincts, but maybe haven't hadn't acted on them in the past in terms of speaking up and, and saying, hey, you know, you're, it's not just that you don't have to do this, all of this by yourself because you think it's the right thing to do. It's that I'm not letting you, um, things like that. Um, and I think like in the, in, so I think if you're the organization, you're looking at plans A through F right now of, of what you may be considering as a contingency, whether he stays or, or whether he goes, but I also think that the Ram. I do know for a fact, the Rams will not and are not giving him a deadline to decide this will be on, you know, on his timeline. And I think subtly it behooves the Rams to not give him a deadline because the longer I know this about him, it's not like we haven't, he and I have not talked about this directly, but I know this about him. It's mm-hmm. like the longer he is away, the more he will want to come back. Yeah. So yeah. it does behoove the Rams to say, Hey, we don't have a deadline for you here. Like yeah. I said, it, it, right. it fucks over everyone else. Right. I'm not saying he is doing that. I hold space and empathy for his situation. Absolutely. While yeah. also deeply empathizing with what players and coaches are going through right now. Yeah. Um, but not having a, not giving him a deadline is beneficial both to Sean and to the organization.
2: Right. Cause if you tell him you have to make a decision by Friday, um, he might be in the headspace on Friday of saying, Well, I need to go. Yeah. If you, if you leave it open ended and say, Hey, you know, take some time to think about it, you're right. I think the more time that goes on, the more space he has between. Uh, whatever happened the season in that point, uh, the more likely he's probably going to be able to say, "Okay, I think I can come back. I think I can do this one more year." So you're right; it doesn't, it 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 makes sense both on a human level and on a, um, uh, you know, just on a. <laughs> if you're trying to get him to come back, that's that's probably the better uh, play to go with it. You know what? One thing I was thinking, Jordan, and, and I, you mentioned this in your column as well, and I think it 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 bears um, highlighting is is a you know a word that we kind of throw around a lot. Lot is burnout, and you you hear that word tossed around. Whether it's Sean McVay or anybody, oh, he's burned out. He's burned out. And and I think we it, it's it's kind of a it, it's turned into kind of a generic term that that kind of loses its meaning. Uh, burnout can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. I, I don't think burnout is necessarily oh I'm tired. My, I, I stayed up late you know two nights ago, and man, I'm really burned out, and I just need to get some sleep. Or it doesn't necessarily mean oh I hate my job. I'm Burned out. I need to quit my job and move on to something else. It's it's a word that I think we all kind of understand in a general sense, but it's also not something that you can just apply to everybody and say, "Oh, he's burned out," and and have that make sense. And I don't think that's what Sean McVay is is dealing with here. It's not a sense of like, "Oh, he just needs to rest. It's been a long year. What he really needs to do is just you know go back to Cabo and 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 relax." And that, like I don't. That's not what we're talking about here. This is not something that is necessarily going to be solved by, like you're saying, Jordan, just I'm going to veg out on the couch for two weeks and, and then I'll feel better. It really requires a lot more examination, both of self and what's going on here. The other thing I want to say is I I think a lot and I've thought about this from the beginning, like I followed, as you know, Jordan very closely, uh, USC during during the Pete Carroll era. And, and I remember, when, when Pete came in, expectations were so low and the, the program was in such bad shape. And and Pete Carroll comes in and you kind of go, OK, whatever. You know, Pete Carroll, this is kind of an odd hire. And then it just snowballs. Right. And it, they win national championships, Heisman Trophy. and And Pete Carroll just ascends to be like Pete Carroll becomes USC football. In the same sense, a lot of ways that Sean McVeigh has become the Rams. When you think of the Rams, he's the public facing figure of the entire organization. Uh, I don't think that's false to say. And, and I think you're seeing some of those things you know things at USC in that era obviously ended a little bit differently because the NCAA got involved and that eh, didn't go so well but you you could see it even before that that those cracks were starting to happen in terms of the people that Pete surrounded himself with and the types of coaches that he was bringing in and I don't even know whether he did it deliberately or that he was making these decisions out of some ego uh, ego drive or anything like that but it became clear as you watch that organ uh, that Program And and you watched some of the hires that he made and the people that he surrounded himself with, like he was on a, a platform there. He was on a pedestal. And I don't know whether to tie it back to Sean. I don't know whether that's healthy for the for the long term, um, you know, health of your organization or your program. So I, I think it's an opportunity here to to look at that and say, is that something that is kind of fixable on the fly. And by the way, it's not necessarily a criticism either. I don't blame the Rams at all for, for tying themselves to Sean McVay. I mean, this is a guy who had a rocket ship on his back and took that organization to the highest points that you can can possibly get. I don't blame them at all. But I think the question you have to sit back and ask yourself is, okay, where do we want to go from here? What type of organization that do we want to be? And I think my question is, can you do that kind of on the fly? Can you do that without taking a step back and reevaluating the whole thing? I'm just not sure, but I think it's it's an important question that they have to answer, ask themselves and answer independent of whatever Sean's answer is about his future.
1: Yeah, I think you, if you put the right people in place for something like that, um then i do think you can progress as an organization but i think that at the same time you can like i said plug some of these cracks and leaks that have emerged that have been so smoothed over because of all the winning frankly um i mean it's like this organization i think there's some really really smart people within this organization who have been like i said hurtling a million miles an hour at the sun for the last six years. And in part, like the way that I always picture it in my head is they put all these spokes inside a wheel and they thought, hey, this is a pretty good wheel. It's kind of a badass wheel. Let's hop in and push ourselves down the hill and see where we go. And all of a sudden, they started rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling. And then they realized midway down the hill, going at a million miles an hour and quite literally trapped within the spokes, that the only way they stop is if they crash.
2: Crash, yeah.
1: There's no (laughs) brakes. Right. There's no outlets. There's no um, levers to, you know. So Sean McFay is like, I either fling myself out of it or I crash. Right, And I think that it's not just him. I think them, there are a lot of people within this organization that operate and function at that same level that he operates and functions at. Mm-hmm. It just has all been pushed, though, energetically into his direction for the last six years because he is a such a huge part of why they've been so successful. And he should get the credit for that. Oh, yeah. Um, But I also think that you can still have you know that sort of success and functionality even if it's a quote unquote gap year even if you look at it as a gap year if you're putting the right people in place not just to get you through this time but to to create from it i am reminded of again i've said this on the podcast a few times i don't know that he knew exactly how big picture this was applicable to when he said it but earlier in the year when the rams were in the middle of this losing streak and bobby wagner was up at the podium and he was saying you regardless of how you feel about the situation that this team is in you have the tools and either way however direction you go you will build something out of this because you have there's no other scenario. You either build something for the positive or you build something for the negative. Right. And I do know that this is an organization full of problem solvers who are being forced to reflect on quite a bit right now, not just Sean, but how the entire thing is is constructed, how they identify coaching talent, how they identify player talent, how they let the decisions be made, how the uh, dissemination of power happens, how um, even emotional shifts affect the building, how any any of these things. This is also all things that now the people who are in charge are reflecting on because Sean McVeigh launched himself out of the escape hatch of this wheel. And now all of a sudden you're without a pilot. So you got to figure out, you know, and, you know, depending on whether or not he. Right. He comes back. You've got to figure out like okay what what do we build now on the fly how do we avoid letting this thing crash how do we make it so that is not the only other option that we have and i do believe that there are people in charge at this place who are who want to do that are committed to doing that and who will try to to come up with that type of plan um some of the some of the people in charge it's you know they've like, Les and Sean balance each other out so well because Les thrives in chaos and Sean thrives in control. And mm. that's why they balance each other so well and they can translate each other and lean on each other in those scenarios. And I honestly, like, I I can frankly sit here and basically see from, you know, a great distance, Les's brain working at a million miles an hour, Kevin Demoff's brain, Tony Pasteur's brains, all of yeah. them working at a million miles an hour thinking, whatever the scenario is, however this happens, how can we remain relevant? I mean, you're looking at this from a business perspective too, right, right? you know, how can this team remain relevant? They'd certainly have the players. Okay. You have the players. How do you keep those players around? How do you keep them happy specifically, keep them happy to make sure who is the right person in a worst case scenario um, to to make that happen, to keep this team relevant. Um, Because I think you see that it's really easy to go from relevant and gaining momentum as a brand, as an organization to absolute imploding disaster.
2: Yeah. And, and ultimately I think that's, that's healthy. And, and, and Rams fans are are certainly going to disagree with me here, but I, I think there's a certain argument that could be made that, going through what the Rams went through this year maybe wasn't the worst thing in the world in terms of it kind of, perhaps brought into clear focus some of these things that we're talking about and i'm not talking about sean and his you know his internal uh kind of process that he's going through i'm talking about on the organizational level some of these things that we're talking about if they had gone you know 10 and 7 or whatever and made the playoffs and you know maybe even went around or something like that then you kind of go and you go, okay you know it was a successful year let's just let's keep going you know let's move on do the i think you know going through what they went through this year whether it was just the pure wins and Losses or some of the struggles that they went through, some of the coaching issues, uh, some of the personnel issues. I I think it 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 puts it so starkly in front of your face that you can't ignore it anymore, even if you wanted to, or even if you wanted to try to push past it. You you can't. Um, So again, again, that's independent. I'm not talking about Sean's decision whether to return or stay uh, per se. I'm talking about some of these these broader issues uh, that we're talking about here. I don't I don't think that's the worst thing in the world to have to confront that now, because I think you were going to have to Confront it sooner or later, um, and and you might as well address it now. Uh, Jordan, the, the the metaphor or what have you of, of going down the you know the hill and being out of control. I mean, it's so it's so apropos. It's it's spot on. And there's a certain element of like, well, I don't want it to end right now. Like we're going like this is a thrilling ride. We are you know we're 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 accomplishing amazing things. Well, we don't want it to to stop right now. But but ultimately, you are going to have to address it at some point. At some point, it is going to crash or somebody is going to have to bail out. So I, I think the Rams have have reached that point and and uh it you know it's it's tough it's 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 a huge, uh, yeah. obviously, a huge factor in in the way that things go. Jordan, and in, in football, to me, just so unique, too, in terms of one person. Like, I don't see this in other sports. You know, I spend a lot of time uh, around hockey. I've spent a lot of time around uh, baseball in the past or even some basketball. Uh, the way those organizations are run are, are so uh, different in terms of, kind of those checks and balances sometimes or the, you know, the way the power, the way the control is kind of split or whatever. Football, to me, is always the much more of a you know you, you can you can have kind of a a one person uh you know be the be the face of it uh you, know, you think about you know Bilichek in, in New England obviously or you know Pete Carroll in Seattle or you know some of these organizations that have had great success where one person kind of is viewed as the uh as the, the person you know by, I think Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh in that category and who have had great success but um ultimately you need to make sure that that's being done in a healthy way for for your organization and now's the time you know now's the time for them to to look at all of that so or
1: or you make the bargain and the negotiation with your life that it is not going to be a priority for you i'm not saying mm. anything about other people and right. what they've chosen or not chosen or whatever sure. how they handle sure. situations but in this space you either reconcile um with the fact that you're never going to have balance and that that's just who you've chosen to be or you and i think you know the reason why i put in the things about um sean and veronica like literally watching on the news as ukraine was invaded like days after they were sitting on top of the super bowl buses parade buses and sean McFay's grandfather dying it's like when you feel so much so close to home that is so personal And then you juxtapose that with what this job demands of you, you then have this sort of sudden shock of awareness of what decision will you make about yourself to where you are going to be the type of person that can feel those moments, that can exist in those moments, that can be things to other people in those moments that are human and whole the things he so treasured about his grandfather and that he identifies in other people really really well um you're going to make a decision whether you can actually be that person or whether you can instead take the other direction and continue down a road of compartmentalization and grind and pushing and i will say i don't want to get too personal on here um appreciate the space that we always have to have these great conversations but you know rich earlier this year as you know i had a pretty scary health situation um come up um a bit of an emergency and i was scheduling follow-up appointments and checkups and things like that the next week and i was struck by how in a normal when i'm when i was when i've been well it hasn't really struck me or even moved the needle for me that there are probably, you know, there are multiple press releases sent out during the week that are schedule changes and time changes and uh, different like, oh, the, the presser was at this time and now it's at this time. Um, okay, how do you plan your logistics around that? How do you plan your schedule around all of that? And a thought struck me, and I you know, I had to miss some time at, right after that because of, you know, I quite literally w- had to ch- was choosing between do I make it to a changed press conference or do I go get my lung scanned? like, you know those types of things. And so at a certain point, I had this thought, it is almost impossible to, it is almost impossible in this job to have something be wrong with you at any time. And I I really really empathize with people who feel like maybe something is going wrong, who feel like they can't they can't miss a second.
2: Yeah, I remember. Um, I, I I hesitate to tell this story only because I hope it wasn't told in confidence, and and I don't I don't think it was. I I if it if it was, then I apologize to all involved. But I remember the first year uh, that Sean was head coach. And you're still kind of getting to know him, right? And obviously knew about his grandfather and his great history in the sport. And I knew about his dad too. And his dad is a, built himself a great career as a television executive um, down in the Atlanta area. And, you know, just kind of, I, I had wondered and talking to Sean one day, I said, you know, your dad, your, was your dad ever in football? You know, your, your grandfather had such this legacy and, you know, was your dad ever did he ever want to get into it did he ever get into it and he kind of said no he said you know like i I think he saw what what my grandfather went through you know, and I don't mean that in negative sense. It went, I mean, I say went through in terms of what mm-hmm. his life was like and what his, uh, you know, the, the sacrifices that you're talking about, the decisions that he had to talk about. And, and you know, Sean kind of indicated that, you know, he just, he wanted to choose a different way for himself and talking about Tim as his, his father. And, and uh, that was one of those moments too, where you kind of go, wow, yeah, that's, you know, that's, it's it's it seems like fun and games. It seems like, and it is. I mean, it is in 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 the grand scheme of things, it's a great way to live your life. We're all in a certain sense privileged to uh, to you know to be able to to be in this. But uh, but there is real life that that it is gets impacted here, and there are day to day things, and week to week things, and month to month, and the choices that you make uh, to 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 live a certain way, and and um, you know you, you you get to be. Uh, you know, circling back to Sean too, you get to be a certain age. Uh, you you get to, uh, you know, get married just as he did last year, and start thinking about certain things. I'm not trying to get too deep or esoteric here with this, but uh, but I think it, it just it paints the picture of uh, you 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 have to make decisions as as a human being, and mm-hmm. it goes beyond just oh, do I think the Rams can be good next year, or do I think it's, it's going to be fun to coach this team, or would I rather go into TV or the money or anything like that? It's not like that again, circling back. That's the only thing I would caution people against is just, just make sure when you're thinking about this, that, that you're, you're thinking about what the, the the decision is actually going to be. And, and it's a lot of what you're talking about there. So, so poignantly Jordan is, is you, you have to be honest with yourself and you have to ask yourself those questions. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you have to live with yourself and, and the, the choices that you make. So I applaud him. I I do. And uh, I just, uh, you know, I, I hope that he makes the right decision for himself, I think would be the best way I could say it.
1: Okay. On that note, um, Rich, like great conversation as usual. Um, you know, we're going to pivot here a little bit, just go through a couple of news items. Um, and thank you all for Listening to us all season, um, you know, it's juxtaposing to uh, a very serious conversation that Sean was having with his assistant coaches in a couple of rooms down from the locker room. Um where, where in the locker room, players are packing up their belongings into bags and um, trying to uh, make sure that they don't forget anything because it's time now for the off season And everybody, of course, is in a holding pattern and sort of waiting to hear what happens. Um, but at the same time, you know, there are little check marks to hit and there are little news items to to ascertain from people caught up with Cooper Cup. Um his rehab is on track. He had the tightrope procedure uh, a couple weeks ago and his rehab's on track. He should be back doing football activity soon. Um, Matthew Stafford was very adamant that he not only is not retiring, but he will not be has has no plans to leave the Rams, regardless of Sean McVay's decision. Jalen Ramsey is going to have a second surgery this time on the opposite shoulder from the one he had surgery on to repair an AC joint this off season. Um, That's going to be his right shoulder, same injury, got to repair the AC joint, tried to go the rehab route, thought it would just be good for just a full scale clean out. That'll happen early in the off season. Um, Alan Robinson had the procedure, saw him uh, in a boot and on crutches. Um, Aaron Donald was not made available to media by PR on locker clean out day. So um, have not had a chance to catch up and kind of get an update on his status. That's also one that we're certainly waiting on collectively. Um, and let's see, who am I forgetting? Uh, <laughs> oh, Alaric Jackson. Uh, good yes. news on him. He is going to get a second checkup, uh, sort of a, a touchstone um, checkup from doctors. So basically, what he told me is he's he has to spend he's had to spend three months on the the medication that he is taking for blood clots. and then he gets a checkup um in middle the middle of February, where he's expecting to be cleared by doctors. um said that they th- they found that, um, you know, it wasn't a severe situation with him. I mean, obviously, that's a very scary situation, regardless. but, He this is these are his words. The doctors um, seem very optimistic about his status and his overall long term health. So I think that's exciting news for Rams fans. You know, a lot's up in the air with a lot of different players in terms of their long term situations. But I think um, in terms of a couple of core guys, that's just um, a couple of positive items to to build on heading into the offseason. Um, Liam Cohen officially accepted the University of Kentucky offensive coordinator job. Um, Thomas Brown is probably a natural promotion there, as is Zach Robinson. If it's an internal situation, um, both coaches I expect to draw outside interest as well for various coordinator positions and I also hear that you know regardless of whether Sean McVay leaves or comes back um, the Rams would be open to maybe a more veteran coach in that coordinator position and Frank Reich is a name that I've kept hearing um, over the last you know couple weeks or so as they've sort of figured out what Liam's going to do and and he sort of off-boarded his his role um, with the Rams so that's going to be really interesting to to find out obviously all of this is secondary to Sean McVay's decision but a Lots of moving parts this offseason. I was not lying to you guys when I said some crazy stuff is happening and is on the way. But um, as always, thank you guys so much for following along with this year. And Rich and I are going to keep going weekly here for the next few weeks. Um, So we'll definitely keep you guys updated every step of the way.
2: Yeah, we won't. uh We'll, we'll we'll make sure Jordan gets some time off. Maybe we'll give you uh, a, a couple weeks off the podcast, and uh, I can find somebody else to annoy. Uh, for uh, yeah, see for if those Sean McVeigh
1: will jump on with you. <laughs>
2: sure. Yeah, we gotta We gotta. Well, I'm not. I'm not gonna name check anybody, but we'll, we'll reach out to a couple people and see if they. um if they want to join us here, uh, the other thing, Jordan, and, and just to maybe we, we can close out with a, a little um, discussion here. And obviously, again, it's I feel like we need to, to once again throw in the uh, the asterisk here that we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, and that things can change very uh, quickly. But uh, you know, Raheem Morris's name is also going to be out there in terms of a lot of well, I, I don't know a lot. I don't know what the number is going to end up being, but uh, at least a couple of head coaching uh, interview uh, situations. Uh, do you get a sense of of how that might go. I mean, obviously if, if you're Raheem, you, you, I imagine you're, you take those calls. You're not going to say no if somebody calls and, and uh, talks to you, but do you you have any sense of, um, you know, what that number might end up being how many interviews he might do during the cycle and, and what the prospects are there for, for, for him?
1: Yeah, I can confirm now he's got two requests or the, the two teams are planning to formally request him, Um, the Broncos and the Colts. And honestly, I think he's a great fit for either place, especially with how the defenses are over there. And then he'd obviously have come armed with a plan on the offensive side to present to the powers that be. Um, The problem is, and I think Jalen Ramsey summed this up really well the other day when I asked him about it is you really hope those are real opportunities that there's real consideration being placed um, in in that regard and sort of not just going through the check marks uh, as we've seen all too often, um, in the years of these hiring cycles. So I also think that internally, he's probably among the lead candidates if Sean McVeigh does leave as somebody who could take on a CEO role um, with the staff. Now, if that were the case, you're probably, frankly, looking at defensive coordinator candidates because you'd want somebody in a CEO role in that regard if you are replacing somebody who's done the things that Sean McVeigh has done you'd probably want your your replacement head coach to take on a big picture uh CEO mentor and uh strategist role uh less so of the granular the granular items because there will be so much if Sean McVay does leave there will be so much change and like i said so much to hold together so you're looking at maybe poaching um some defensive guys to come in and you're looking at a lot of change coming up guys it's just going to be um it's going to be crazy uh don't uh don't set your phones down for too long and don't take too much time away because things are happening.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say we, we should wrap up right now. I was just scanning Twitter to make sure that nothing uh, wild <laughs> had happened in the last few minutes here. I think we've made it, Jordan. So, uh, but before anything uh, remarkable, us, Rich. no, I, I, th- I think we should probably wrap it up now. But, uh, but yeah, you know, Jordan. Uh, so it's it's been uh, gratifying just to see that reaction to your column from across the uh, uh, the company and elsewhere. Uh, very well done, and and it's a, it's a great example of what somebody can do when they're not only plugged into to the team that they cover, but also um, you know does such a good job as you do with the human element of of this, and and you know remembering that you're covering. People um, and not just players and not just coaches. So, um, congratulations to you on. Um, I know that must have been, and I say this, and I know you're going to know exactly what I mean when I say it. It must have been agonizing in a way for you to uh, write that, and and I know what it means to you know to hit send or to hit file on a, on a story like that. So, um, I hope that um, I hope that you can see that it was worth it.
1: I did go puke after I filed it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
2: that's exactly what I mean. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of you. you have that moment. TMI. You
1: know what? We've crossed boundaries today. That's TMI, okay. But no, I that's care. all right. Yeah. yeah. But
2: that's what it is. It's that sense of like I'm very <laughs> gratified to have done this, but I'm also now terrified uh, of exactly what it's going to be. But uh, you know, universal uh, acclaim for that as it should be. Uh, there's not has not been a better piece, and I don't think will be a better piece written uh, on that situation. So uh, congrats congratulations to you and jordan um thanks for being there for us for whatever may come here in the uh in the next few days and 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 weeks and uh as we say as i say uh, all the time there's no better source for it uh thank you to our subscribers who already know that who get all of Jordan's awesome work and the stuff that's to come? I can't wait to read that turf story. Um, some some people will probably more, be more excited to read that story than others. Uh, but I, I promise,
1: know- I promise you guys, it's not just about grass or turf. Um, <laughs> it is about like the increasingly dramatic uh, escalation of that debate and that conversation. Mm. And um, it sort of when I was writing it, it felt very very soap operatic uh and i think it will be very entertaining um for for people to read on a on a wide scale so very excited about that
2: Fantastic. i have not seen it uh so i am very much looking forward to to reading that story and uh if you're a subscriber great all you have to do is look in your app website and it'll be there you can enjoy it if you're not yet a subscriber I've got good news for you, because not only you're going to get that story, not only can you go back and read Jordan's column about Sean McVay, but you can get an entire year's worth of coverage to The Athletic. And not only that, not only that, but if you go to theathletic.com slash 11 personnel right now, you will get Jordan's favorite thing in the entire world, which is what?
1: a great discount you guys every single time you subscribe to the athletic through the 11 personal podcast you get my favorite thing in the world which is a great discount i hope you all are taking care of each other are taking care of yourselves shout out to the very kind listener and subscriber who emailed me hoping that i am staying hydrated um that really made me smile thank you so much i'm hoping you guys all stay hydrated i'm hoping you stay caffeinated we'll see you next time